Hey, what is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron, and thank you guys so much for coming and hanging out with me. I do appreciate it. We are about to spend a glorious, glorious hour and a half together. I promised for five-minute intros or under five minutes, and that's what I'm going to deliver on. And today, I don't have that many sponsors, so it's easy to deliver on those promises. As always, go check out the website, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. You guys can find all of the Brutally Honest Podcast stuff on uh, at Brutally Honest Podcast. If you want to follow me, it is at Harrison, H-A-R-R-I-S-O-N underscore Baron. You'll be able to go in there and check out everything um, that has to do with me. Uh, I'm pretty active on a bunch of things. And also, if you guys really enjoy the show, please make a mental note. Uh, you could do uh, one of three or all three things. One, like it on uh, like it and rate it. Two, leave a comment uh, on the show on whatever platform you found it on um, or or listening on. And three, if you really get, really really like the show, hop on Patreon.com forward slash brutally honest podcast. That is P A T R E O N Patreon.com forward slash brutally honest podcast. I'm gonna be doing a bunch of stuff up uh, on there. Uh, I haven't really done stuff up there uh, already just whoever's on there is is helping support the show and i kind of want to do more to give i want to do even more to give away and give away free things so that is that and that's really it guys i've had a long day i just got beat up in jujitsu so i'm like pretty shot when i'm producing this so i apologize um actually i'm i'm i feel good i just don't know if my throat is like messed up uh got a little choked out today but Got to stay healthy. Got to work out. Uh, my podcast today is sponsored by two people. Um, person one, terranut.com, T-E-R-R-A-N-U-T.com forward slash B-H-P. All right, guys, go check out terranut.com. They have some delicious, tasty, and wholesome snacks. If you haven't heard of them already, they are these tiny little treats. You can buy them online. You can crush them up, put them in your yogurt, and you can, uh, if you're me, you just open them up and pop them in your mouth and just chew that thing. Uh, they are super tasty. Um, they got a bunch of different flavors. They got paleo punch, peanut punch, nut punch, variety bags. They got a free sampler. Go check that out. Free, free sampler. All right, guys, you're crazy if you don't take them up on their offer. All right, they, you just got to pay for shipping. They're going to ship it right to your house. And second of all, I have Agile Dragon Consulting. Now, guys, if you are a business owner and you are listening to this, actually, if you're a business owner, you probably should be listening to this uh, because you guys are going to get a ton of information out of this podcast. However, um, go check out AgileDragonConsulting.com. And the reason why, especially if you're a business owner, is because businesses make their decisions based on data. Um, they are super experienced in uh, specifically Burst architecture. So if you've ever heard of Burst and you're one of these companies, um, they do everything from data warehousing to BI. Um, they are they use agile methods. So if you don't know what agile is, it's it's constantly shifting and adjusting where you're going. So obviously the fastest way to an end goal is a straight line. However, um, Sometimes you realize that things aren't going as planned and you have to course correct constantly um, on a regular basis to make sure you meet your goals. So, and they're going to take your data and they're going to help you build your 
business based on the data that you already have. So, uh, especially if you guys have the software Burst, B-I-R-S-T, um, they're going to help you. They're going to do these kinds of things. They're going to help you make your better business decisions. Uh, I promise you guys, definitely worth it. Go check them out, agiledragonconsulting.com. You guys can go find even more stuff there on their website. And that's it, guys. I told you guys five-minute intros. That's a five-minute intro. I took a lot longer than I thought I was going to. I hope you guys really enjoy the show. And my guest today is my friend Todd B. Ringler. Um, super, super cool dude. Brought me um, some gifts and some really sentimental gifts. So if you're kind of curious or you're not sure if you should listen to this podcast, uh, I highly recommend sitting through the last bit. And we enjoy some homemade grappa as well. Without any further ado, please welcome my friend, Todd B. Ringler. Appreciate, uh, you're from out east, so it's not a uh, person who had no idea where I was on the map, so that's cool. That's always a nice feeling. Um, originally, actually from Massapequa, believe it or not. Oh, okay. And before that, Hempstead. So, All right. Uh, but yeah, now I'm a, I'm a Suffolk County guy. <laughs> a Suffolk County guy. A Suffolk County guy. Uh, what do you like better? Um, or have you not been out here long? I've long? been in Suffolk since 83, so uh, that's a long time. Um, All right, fair enough. You know, the beach is the beach. Robert Moses, Jones. Sure. They're, they're South Shores. You go to South. Fire Island at all or no? Uh, occasionally, yeah. Occasionally, okay. Yeah. Friends get a place there once in a while. We'll go, uh, you know. But um, I spend summers elsewhere. So more, all right. we- more weekends on the summer are up um, City Island, actually, in the Bronx. Where's City Island? Oh, in the Bronx? In the Bronx, yeah. What are we doing there? Just hanging out or? Girlfriend lives there. So nice. it's, it's It's cool. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome, L- man. Little bungalow on the water, same thing. Sure. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Interesting. I didn't even know they had that in the Bronx. Yeah. Well, it's it's City Island's a little in a little place that nobody knows. Uh, sure. Although that everybody knows, so it's kind of funny. Interesting. All right. I'll have to do my homework on that place. Okay. So I want to say thank you for bringing me um, these gifts because it's, you know, I shouldn't say it's not often, but sometimes some people bring me gifts and, and they seem to be talking subjects, so uh, I guess... Explain to people because not everybody's watching uh, what you brought for me. Because so I, I, brought I can't th- find the common theme here. There is no there is no common theme. It, it's it's total eclectic. Um, I moved last week, so I'm in the process of unpacking. Sure, and, you know it, it's what I brought and what I really need or don't need. Um, so we were talking about music, and those are dancing bears. So I sure. brought you a dancing bears um, bumper sticker. Now you. I'm get, presuming don't know what the correlation for the dancing bears are. No. So the dancing bears are um, thematic of the Grateful Dead. Oh, okay. Very right. cool. Uh, Big uh, fan of them. Oh, cool. Well, you you, you didn't catch the dancing bears. Oh man. So, uh, I don't know too much of the history, but I'll rock out to the music quite. Okay. Well, then quite that, commonly. that's a beautiful thing because that uh, that would be my favorite band if we were going to talk about bands and sure. music. Um, yeah, I'm what they would call a deadhead. I was gonna say big deadhead, huh? Yeah, big deadhead. Yeah. All right, cool. Um, as have been some of your past guests. Um, sure. Uh, I've looked down the list. I know. I know a couple of names there. So, <laughs> uh, you know, people that appreciate. You guys a good, are all guilty. A good, yeah, we're, we're guilty as is charged. Yeah, appreciate a good uh, a good concert, a good long four sure. hour, five hour concert. That's um, awesome. 
So the Dancing Bears is just, it was music. And it, sure. was, uh, it was something that happened to have been on top, and it's a new place, and I'm not going to put it on a wall. So, sure, sure. You know, that that goes to that. Oh, very cool. So Appreciate um, it. There you go, yeah. All right. Um, I, I should have bought you a steal, steal the face. I got to steal your face one too. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll get that one to you next. All right. Well, next time you come on, that that'll be that. And then um, a couple of hockey pucks. I like so, it. So there's an Islanders puck and a Rangers sure. puck. The Rangers puck is actually a game puck. Yeah. Um, the Islanders puck was signed by somebody many years ago. Couldn't tell you who because I can't read his his writing. Uh, <laughs> but. Um, you know, uh, are you a Ranger fan or an Islander fan? Or are you even a hockey fan? I am a hockey fan. Uh, okay. If I had to go with the two, it's tough. I was I was gro- I was raised as an Islander fan, but I watch more Rangers now. Okay. So I'm kind of I'm still in the, I'm a I'm a New York fan at heart. I would go see them both on any day of the week. But who would you root for? At a Islander Ranger. Oh God, that's uh, the tough one. I feel like I can't answer this appropriately because I feel like somebody's gonna hear it that shouldn't. <laughs> And I'm gonna get yelled at, but uh, I, you know what? You got to pick one, and I'll tell you the story as to why you got to pick one. So I feel like I'd have to go Rangers, honestly, but like marginally more. Okay, but you can't root for Boda than an Islander Ranger game. It's no, just, it's no, like you it's can't. Against, it's against yeah. rules. So I feel like I'd be the kind of guy though that buys two jerseys, cuts them down the middle, <laughs> sews them together, and just be like, "Hey, I'm a New York fan." And Paint my face red, white, and blue. Yeah, you could and orange too. Like and orange, and orange. But you could do that, but then you know everybody would want to beat you. So <laughs> it just it doesn't work that way. <laughs> it just you have to pick one. So I would try. I would so try. I was a Ranger fan before the Islanders were a team. I mean, the Islanders came into existence, I think, seventy two. Okay. I was a Ranger fan before that. Um, was a Ranger fan all through junior high school, high school, college. Most of my life, my ex wife and kids were Islanders fans. Sure. I was a Rangers fan. Oh boy. Um, yeah, and uh, I get separated, uh-huh. um, go out on my own, whatever it is. You know, I'm living sure. by myself, and I go to a conference, and the Islanders, who in 2007, 8, 9, 10, weren't a very good team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they got John Tavares' uh, draft pick back sure. in, in, you know, 09, whatever it was. Um, I buy tickets to four games, and the guy gives me tickets to four games. So now I'm going to eight Islander games. Oh, wow. Uh. And I teach at Nassau Community College across the street. Sure. So you look on game day and you can get a ticket for 10 bucks. So, yeah, why not? You know, I get out of work at 7 or 7.15. The first period ends at 7.30. I'm watching the two-thirds of the game for $10. Yeah. It's an easy thing to do. Yeah, why not? I'm really enjoying going to the barn. I love hockey. Favorite sport. Uh-huh. And uh, probably three or four years in now, I'm going to 20 games, 22 games, 24 games. Oh, wow. And, and I'm rooting for the Islanders. Sure. But I'm also going to games with my high school's my sister's high school boyfriend. Okay. All right? And he's been an Islander fan his whole life. So even from way back when, when we were in high school, I, I'm a Ranger fan. He's an Islander fan. I'm a Ranger fan. So we're at an Islander Ranger game one year. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, there was a great play by the Islanders. And I'm like, yeah. And then the Rangers scored a goal. And I was like, yeah. And he literally punches me like oh. really hard. And he oh. goes, dude. <laughs> you can't root for both teams. Oh, my God. Because you're making me nuts. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> now, the, the question is, is I've been going to the Islander games probably four or five years at that point uh-huh. in time. I'm, I'm, I haven't been to an Ranger game in years. Sure. Except for Islander Ranger sure. games at the Coliseum. Uh, I looked at him, and I looked around, and I went upstairs. I bought an Islander jersey and became an Islander There fan. you go. I love it. And that's the story. So oh you got a Rangers God. puck and an Islander's puck. All right. So. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I appreciate the gift. You're quite welcome. It's my pleasure. My and then pleasure. we have some uh, some additional 
A beverage. <laughs> a beverage, yes. A beverage. A beverage. Not yeah. a normal one for the show, by the way, for anyone that's listening. So if you listen regularly, now's the time to tune this one up. Oh, okay. So this is not regular at the show. I kind of got the impression that it was in anything went. Regular as far as drinking, yes. What this is, I've never had this on the show. I've had, I think, literally every other alcohol in the show, whether or not we've talked about it, but not what's in this bottle. What's in that bottle, which is... um. When my Albanian friend who made it calls moonshine, <laughs> but it's really grappa. Yeah. It is. It's actually um, quite tasty. It, it, well, it's now that it's a little mellow. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my friend John um, grows grapes, buys grapes, makes a huge vat of wine sure. every year. And then he cooks down the, the skins and the yuck and the crap and sure. turns it into grappa. And the way you can tell how good the grappa is by throwing it on the fire. So it, oh, because it's all alcohol. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so that's how they kind of judge holy how Christ. much to cook it down. Yeah, Holy Christmas would be the way to go on this one. This one, uh, I think he cooked it down a little too much, and it's it's got some hot. serious yeah, fire water, serious octane. But it's um. So it's funny. You walked in and and I saw the bottle, and I I had a feeling. I, I first saw it in the bag, and I was like, oh okay, now he brings his own water. You know, whatever, and I was like, "All right, interesting bottle to keep it in." But I've seen, you know, I see the eco people—they carry bottles of water and everything. Sure. So I'm like, "All right, you know, especially the new, uh, the new fad of um, the pH water—it's always in glass bottles." Oh, is it? So that's what I originally assumed it was. And then I, you pulled it out and you handed it to me, and I go, "I, for, I knew what it was just based on the way you handed it to <laughs> me." And I'm like, "I've had it." Once or twice in my life prior, because it's not exactly something that most people can get their hands on. You got to look for it, or you got to know somebody that makes it. Or you got to go to a good Italian restaurant. Yeah, and I was like, I think I know exactly what this is, and uh, and you're like, oh, it's fire water, and I was like, oh, I smelled it, and I knew it was grappa at that point, and it's definitely some fire water. It's got some heat to it. Yeah. So uh, I appreciate uh, the gifts. We, I'd l- I'm glad we got to to talk about it because it's quite. These are very sentimental pieces. Well, that's good. Um, they're sentimental to you, sentimental to me. It's passing along love and, sure. and, and joy and happiness sure. and all those it's go. It's things. all going up. I'm going to find uh, a spot on the wall for all of this stuff. So Perfect. it'll it'll be uh, it'll be with me for as long as the day is old. That's interesting. I love the paint job, by the way. I didn't oh, even thanks, notice, man. I didn't even notice that. The, uh, yes, I painted it one night. One night, yeah. And uh, we had we had like two different colored paints, and I just took I took one. I took the base color and then the most dark color. And painted random blocks, yeah. and then uh, yeah. mixed the two. And I think there's like three or four colors up here. I think yeah. I added, you know, slowly brought it darker. So it's kind of interesting. I um, I I like it. It's sure. a, it's a good look. Work in progress. Like Damn. I said, work in progress. The whole thing's working, but it's a great studio. It's a it's my little slice of heaven. You know, it's uh, it's definitely not your normal office. Right. That's for sure. No. And you're and actually, this is a good way to roll into it because you are a business expert. Business value expert, I, you know, business experts. Uh, All right, business value a expert. Broad term. You so know? you've probably never seen anything like this office. Uh, yeah, I kind of have. But, really, but not with this. Not okay, with the, not with the podcast setup okay. or anything like that. Just a cool office bar and all the. Whole oh yeah, yeah. This, um, yeah, that's cool. I, I've appraised 350 companies over the last 20 something years Jesus. and worked with even more companies than. What's that. the coolest office you ever seen? <sighs> I'm not fishing for a compliment. You know, that's very curious uh, to see like what would make cool, cool is cool is you know a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, there was one guy that like had the trophies on the wall, mm-hmm. which was kind of cool, but sure. kind of you know when all those heads are staring at you, it was kind of eerie. Yeah, a little freaky. Um, there was another guy that was totally into the rainforest. 
and kind of had pl- lots of plants, and it was like the green carpet and oh, wow. the, the the chirping rainforest <laughs> sound in the background. It was it was very zen. He was very very. Zen. All right, that's cool. Yeah, walked around in bare feet and stuff. Was, oh, I would totally do the whole barefoot <laughs> thing if yeah. I had an office. If I was a baller without a budget, this place. Not that it would be different, because it would have the hell, the same like chi. We'll go with okay. But I would definitely like go a little more berser- like berserk on like the mood lighting and and <laughs> pro- like plants and things of like really you know ideally double or triple the size of this office and really go a little he- little nuts with it. Yeah, you could you could get ridiculous. Um, there was one guy that was a a, a race uh, he raced boats okay. on the side. Um, and his desk was like the cockpit of a boat. That is sick. Yeah, it was pretty cool. That yeah. is sick. That's cool. I've seen some crazy stuff. I've seen uh, IT people do some really strange things, too. Really? With just, you know, monitors and things yeah. that are there and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So. yeah, I'm going for six monitors on the next computer. Yeah? You're yeah. post them all on the wall? No, I'm going to – I'm gonna. I want it – I almost want it to be kind of like that cockpit type deal where it's like, boom, I'm in. I want – you know, I just priced out the computer alone, not even the monitors, and it came out to be like 6000 and change. Yeah. So uh, the whole like – a gaming computer, too, or – uh, it is. It could be used for gaming, I, predominantly uh, for video editing. Uh, just the the more horsepower it's got, and mm-hmm. you know that computer is going to last me for the next five to ten years, easy. Right. Yeah. So for me, to work faster, more monitors, the whole nine. For me, it's a no brainer. For most people, that's overwhelming. You know, I had three. Three was like, ah, eh, you know, I still need maybe one, maybe two more. And now that I have four, I'm like. Two more would be like perfect. So why not go with two 36-inch televisions instead? Going with three, six, uh, what is it? The 28-inch curved monitors. So it will literally wrap around part of me. That's kind of cool. Yeah. So that's, you know. The curved monitors are the new in. They're sick. Yeah. They're so sick. Those TVs are also, they're crazy. So sick. The picture's like. I can't even believe that they're doing this. Like the OLED screens now, I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen them, but they are better than reality. They're more real than reality. It's like you could yes. chat and touch them, but touch, yeah, yeah. The quality, you know, you're talking four to eight K quality on something. You know, the new eight K ones are ridiculous. You're talking eight K quality. Every pixel turns off individually. Like it's as real as real. You know, mm-hmm. and they keep making it better. So I'm yeah. curious to see what the next gen is going to be. But it's, it's just like you could you could Jesus. go broke keeping up. That's the problem. Yes. Well, that's their goal. Yeah, well, you know. Not their goal, but... Well, it's, you know, if, if you're an iPhone person, you got to get online to get the next iPhone the day it goes out. Mm-hmm. You know, that's sort of the next... And G then it craps or, out after two years, just know. when the new one comes out. Uh, it doesn't necessarily crap out if you take care of it, so... Ugh. All right. <laughs> I beat mine up, maybe. <laughs> so, you brought some paperwork here. I got stuff. Yeah, I got stuff. Fire so. away. Let's hear it. I want to hear about stuff. You know, like, um, my whole thing is helping people. Whether it's business owners, whether it's people in business, whether it's my students at college, because I do teach college as sure. well. Um, you know, when when somebody advances the needle and I've had something to do with that, mm-hmm. there's there's no such a better no better feeling. It sure. really, really is. I couldn't agree more. You know, so so valuing three hundred fifty businesses, three hundred forty something businesses over the last twenty years, seeing how business owners make money and understanding what's below that. Yeah. The underlying value drivers, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, that's kind of what it's all about from a business perspective. I sure. mean, I sent you something else, which I don't have a copy of, which was the uh, the Million Dollar Habits. Um, oh, I'm going to pull it up real quick. Which is also something that kind of I, 
I live by now, and mm. it was written by a book. Uh, Robert Ringer, I think, wrote the book okay. years and years ago. Um, but it was something that always stuck with me in sure. terms of how to live your life and, and how to, you know, do unto others. You know, when we were walking outside, we were talking about just litter and population and things like that. And it's, uh, it's all about trying to make things better at the sure. end of the day. So that's, that's kind of where I'm coming from, um, whether it's valuing and appraising a business. Whether yeah, it's million dollar habits right here. Yeah. Reality, attitude, perspective, present living, morality, human relations, simplicity, drain people. Elimination. Elimination. What is that? Okay, so uh, you have any people in your life that suck the life out of you? Not many, honestly. Well, those people don't belong in your life to begin with. Yeah. So when you learn to identify those people, mm-hmm. um, you know whether it's a family member or uh, someone that you're in a relationship with, whether it's a friendship relationship sure. or a need relationship, um, there comes a point in time where reason, season, lifetime fits in, and we could get into that. Sure. But you need to get that person out of your life. How do you do that? Well, sometimes you could do it gently. Sometimes you can ignore them and they'll go away and they'll sure. find someone else to, to latch on to. You know, the person that always has to borrow money from you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have one of those people. No, I um, don't. I, I, I've, I've recently set one I've never, I really never lend money to unless I know that they're good for it. And they've always been good for it. And, you know, vice versa. If I need money, you know, I don't have cash, whatever it is. Hey, can I borrow some money? Right. Yeah. Right. There's those. I have those people. The people that I have even the slightest inclining for that will not pay me back do not get even the option to borrow money. Right, I understand that. Um, and then the what was the flip side of that also? Well, it's you know, it, are you going to be in a relationship with someone who continually asks you for money or whatever? So I have a longtime friend, forty mm-hmm. something years, um, who always needed money. Yeah, and he was good about paying it back. Good sure. about paying it back. You know, can you lend me five? Can you lend me a grand? Whatever it is. Sure. Okay, sure, no problem, RK. You got it, you got it, you got it. Um, 500 bucks, and the guy disappears for six months. And, mm. you know, where are you? Sure. So he paid me back eventually, but it was a matter of, look, do me a favor, don't ask me again, because the answer yeah. is going to be no. Yep. So that's an elimination of a drain person, because sure. you're going, oh, man, you know, the guy owes me 500 bucks, or you're, you're negative in mm. there. And then you don't need those negative emotions. Sure. So if you can eliminate... Drain people, sure. People that are sucking your chi, if you yep. will. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you live a little bit better. You know, reality sure. is the best one. Live in the truth. Live in the present. Yes. Live in the moment. Yes. Because uh, it's all fragile. You know. Um, yeah, live in the moment is big. We, uh, a buddy, actually a recent podcast guest. Uh, I don't know if you know him, Jeff Nagel. Um, know the name. He, so he's a, he's a wealth advisor for AVZ, and we went out to um, James Joyce and Patrick the other day. And just to grab a bite to eat, we're going to go go have a cigar. And we're sitting at the bar, and I kid you not, they're at the bar, this table I can kind of understand, we're sitting at the bar, and there's four grown adults, you know, 25 to 35 years old, I would guess their ages, all sitting there on their phones. They're not even talking. And the most irritating part about the whole thing was they weren't even texting. They were on Facebook, scrolling through... Like that was more interesting than everybody else's company. That's just too bad. And I was, and he goes, "Would you just look at it?" I go, "I wish I could be surprised, but because I deal with so much social media anyway, it doesn't surprise me at all." But he's like, "I just don't understand." I'm like, "Dude, I don't. I just gave up trying. If that's how people want to value their time, 
they're the ones that have to live with at the end of the day that they didn't spend the time with the loved ones or friends. Right. You know, because you don't know what's going to happen at, after lunch. That person might, you know, not to sound morbid, but something may happen to them on the way well, home. Well, car accident, something like that. You know, what if today or yesterday is the day that everything changes? Uh-huh. How do you look at what happened? Yep. And how do you look at how you are in the scheme of the yep. world and those things? So. Oh, I hung out with them. But I was on my phone the whole time on Facebook. It's like, well, yeah. what value did that bring? Was that really worth it? Right. To sit there and be in that other person's presence and, you know, it's just, that is depressing. Yeah, well, too many people are on Facebook instead of outside of Facebook and using it for whatever Living it is. Living life, being I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I have a Facebook account, sure. but I think I check it once every month lately, and, and probably not even that with buying the new business. Sure. Um, I was on it about three weeks ago. I saw it, and, you know, I looked, okay, that's it. I had five minutes. I was like, let me see what's there, what's sure. new. Nothing's changing. Not really, no. My girlfriend's on. She posts, you know, people know that, uh, you know, if you want to know what we were eating this weekend, we'll put the food on, we'll put our adventures <laughs> on, and that's kind of it. That's, that's, that's all you need. That's it. You know, that's what we're, what's going on. Sure. So. People that spend more time on social media typically are less happy. Well, that's a, a given and um, interesting fact. I teach college mm-hmm. four years ago. I started noticing in the morning or before class, more students were not interacting with each other. They were interacting with their phone. Mm. And when you're interacting with your phone, you're not developing a human relationship. Mm -hmm. Ineffective communication is the biggest problem. And I know so many college students that don't understand the ability, the need to have the ability to communicate in a vocal way. It's very important. You know, um, it's pretty good because now I challenge my students to not be on their phones when I come into the classroom Mm -hmm. and to be in conversation about the subject matter. Now, what class do you teach? I teach accounting classes. Okay. So I'm a CPA. I teach accounting classes. That kind of makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so accounting one, accounting two, intermediate one, intermediate two. It's very interesting because typically, at least from my knowledge, that field attracts more introverted Yes, I am not, not your traditional accountant, but this is also career number two. Sure. Used to be a chef and a restaurateur in a oh, prior life. You didn't did know not, that. No, I did not know that. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. So. What happened with that? You just got fed up with it? Uh, that is a young man's game. Sure. A young person's game. Not sure. anymore as much, but this was in the days before Celebrity Chef. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you ever knew the 56 Fighter Group in Farmingdale. No. Yeah, it's uh, behind Walmart. It's closed okay. right on the airport there. I was part of the opening crew of that in the 80s. Um, I owned a place. I was the chef at the Oldfield Country Club up in Stony Brook. Oh, very cool. Uh, a place called Stakeout in East Meadow. A place called Doodles in East Meadow. So, Interesting. Yeah, I did a lot of different things there. Um, but I was 26, 27. I had uh, stepsons that were five, twin stepsons that were five. I'm sleeping with my feet up every night. I have a hernia. My sure. back hurts. Yeah. You know, and I had 60 college credits. And my ex-wife at the time looks at me and goes, you got 60 college credits. This is not going to work long term. Yeah. Nights, weekends, holidays. Who's going to be around? You're killing yourself. Yeah. It's it's a tough it's a tough business. It's a lot sure. of fun. It's a great business. Yeah. A lot of fun. But at some point it has to end. Sure. So interesting. Uh, I had no idea. Yeah. Very well, cool. Yeah. This, uh, went back to college and became a CPA. Well, I went back to college originally for computer programming. Oh, computers, okay. because computers in '83 were '84 were like happening things. Sure. You could go computer repair, which was like tech school, or you could sure. go computer programming, which was college. Mm-hmm. I went computer programming, and I have ten thumbs, so you try and write a line of code. <laughs> <laughs> that runs. I could write a line of code; it never ran. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Um, kind of went through that for about a year and really sure. struggled with it and saying that was the future. And I guess I probably could have practiced typing and all of those things, but 
I also had kids and sure. was busy, so uh, I decided death or taxes, and I chose taxes. Oh, boy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, graduated college from Dowling, ultimately, went to Suffolk Community, got my associate's degree, uh, went to Dowling College, took the credits that I had from Oneonta when I was 18 and 19. Sure. And uh, got a bachelor's degree the year that eight big accounting firms became six big accounting firms. Mm. So what happens when you have shrinkage in an industry? You have less jobs. Less jobs. Yep. Couldn't find a job because all the people that were working that got laid off are now filling those voids. Sure. Go to graduate school one year, get a master's degree in taxation, and get offers from five of the six big six. So sure. It was, a, it was a cool learning experience. Sure. Um, Worked for Deloitte Touche Tamatsu. Okay. So I was in the Japanese practice division of Deloitte and Touche, which is now called Deloitte. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was a minority. It was pretty interesting. Wow. Uh, it was a mostly Japanese people. There were eight Americans and about 40 Japanese. Uh, but I learned a ton of stuff about international tax. And sure. Consolidated groups and things along those lines. And uh, Very interesting. Yeah, that kind of moved my career along. Um, left Deloitte and Touche and... Ultimately ended up at Ernst & Young. Sure. Um, became a national instructor for corporate consolidated groups. All mm -hmm. right. Big stuff, right? Yeah. So Giorgio Armani was one of my clients. Uh, That's wild. Yeah. Um, Bound Business Systems, British Airways, uh -huh. Club Med. These were all my clients, A&E Television Networks. So they own multiple entities, and they file what's called a consolidated group. So, mm -hmm. like you look at their 10Ks, well, the uh, A&E is private, but you look at um, public company 10Ks, and they have multiple entities. Apple mm -hmm. is, you know, one company, but sure. it's got gazillions of stores, which are entities. It's sure. got all those different things. Um, what do big companies do? They buy and sell companies. Mm -hmm. So I'm working with valuation people mm -hmm. for putting information on tax returns and things along those lines. And I'm like, that's way more exciting. Mm -hmm. That's how I ended up getting into the business valuation world. Interesting. Yeah. So what, oh, sorry. that's all right. That's pretty, that's very interesting to start off with. Yeah. Um, as far as kind of stumbling into what you do now, I love that's has to be my absolute favorite part about this podcast is hearing how people ended up where they are now, because so many, so often, I don't want to say people don't get their get to accomplish their goals or their dreams, but so often it, life takes them totally in a different direction, mm -hmm. and it's almost always I've I've heard very 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 few failures, but it's always always almost always tremendously better for them, which is so cool yeah. in my opinion. I don't know, I love that. Well, yeah, but you know, leave public accounting, go open your own accounting firm. Wasn't exactly what I wanted to do, what I ended up doing. Sure. Um, merged it, sold it, and now focus mostly on business valuation and appraisal. I kept a few clients from my accounting firm days. Mm -hmm. um, so valuing and appraising, appraising businesses. Sure. And then with that, um, over the years, um, as you know, and um, I will tell the audience, I just purchased uh, half of the Suffolk County franchise for TAB, the alternative sure. board. And uh, that's an organization that it's a member-only organization that helps business owners move the needle. Sure. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, we put business owners together in a roundtable-type setting. Uh, we set annual goals. We set monthly goals and quarterly goals. We work on business education, and we work on having a mastermind group in our board meetings where business owners bring problems to the table. Sure. And other business owners help them solve those problems, set Monthly goals. So, you know, what are you going to accomplish this month based on what we talked about? Sure. And then we do the one-on-one -on -one business coaching with them as well. 
Interesting. In, in between the board meetings to keep that needle movement on track, if you will. Sure. You know? It's got to. Yeah, you got to have routine stuff because yeah. if, if you don't, it just gets passed by. Well, that's just it. You know, you set a goal and then you forget about it or you don't do anything about it. It never gets done and you don't move your business needle. Yep. So it's, Yeah, I remember hearing you say once, you know, if you don't accomplish a goal in six months, it's just give up on it or something like that. Yeah, well, it's your goal. I mean, at some point, you got to look at it realistically and say, am I going to do this or am I not going to do sure. this? Yeah. You is know. it a goal or is it a want? Because there's well, a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a great – I like that line. I'm going to use that. So, it, And yeah. I'm not going to give you credit for it, okay? Well, that's fine. That's fine. Just make sure you tell people to go watch the podcast. Yeah. Um, no, because I see a lot of people, they say, oh, you know, my goal. You know, I say, I tell people, no, I want to learn how to play piano. I will one day. It's not. It's nowhere near the top of my list, but I'll learn it one day. Is it likely in 2019? Not really. Maybe 2020. Who knows? But it's, you know – but then I hear other people say, you know, my goal is to do this. Oh, great. Well, we're four months into the year almost. Right. How close have you gotten? Mm-hmm. Haven't even started yet. Yeah. Well, we're on the right. We're on the right track here, bud. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. You know, I say I'm thinking about a lot of things, but I don't say it's my goal. You know, <laughs> thinking about doing this, thinking about doing this. I'm always thinking about doing something. But once I, you know, once at least I've recently been much more keen on trying to say hey this needs to get done or you know this is a goal these are these are the steps that i need to take or you know the amount of money that i need to bring in to accomplish that goal Mm -hmm. and then um you know after you know uh, half the time has passed or a quarter of the time has passed you know look at where you've come look at where you're going and and then say hey we're gonna tweak and adjust and you know make changes where necessary so that way the goal is still attainable. Well, it has to be a smart goal. Yes. Specific, measurable, attainable, realistically, time-sensitive, however you want to. Everybody's got a different acronym there. But that's basically it is is does the goal make sense? Sure. And better yet, how do you know you're going to make that goal? Mm -hmm. What's the metric you're going to use to measure it? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, metrics is what it's all about. It's your objectives. It's how we're going to measure that we're getting to those objectives and what's the value of the mm-hmm. objective, you know? Sure. And if we take a look at everything, I, I look at a lot of things in my life that way. It's sure. Just, what do I want to accomplish? What's it going to take me to get there? You know, and how am I going to know that I've gotten there? And then what's the value to me at the end of the day? Which is why, you know, you want to set a goal. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I'm a rower. I row a single skull, one of those long, thin shells. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Where do you I, do that? Uh, City Island. Okay. Um, I used to do it elsewhere. Um, Dowling College, we used to row out sure. of there. Um, so I sold my long, thin boat. And now I have a bigger boat, a little wider. It's more for open water, so sure. I can get under the Veriz- I can get under the Trogsnake Bridge if I oh, want to. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I mean, I can go pretty much anywhere. I could go from City Island to Port Washington. That's very cool. Yeah, it's neat. But years ago, I made a goal of making nationals. Mm-hmm. So 2009 and 2010, I well, 2008, I started working with a really good coach young man named David Kubiak from Poland, um, who was on the U23 team in Poland. His brother was on the uh, Polish Olympic team. So, you know, he's like, well, you can get to that. Mm-hmm. We need to do this, 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 and this. And we broke it up into goals. And in 2009, I made the cut, and I rode at Masters Nationals. So 2009, 2010, and it was like, okay, that's good. And now I'm back at the point where I want to start racing again. And in the rowing world, spring is what we call sprint season. So it's a 2,000-meter run, and fall is called head race season, where we start on a river, and it's a four- or five-mile run. And you Holy really, Jesus. Yeah, you're rowing for 20, 25 minutes. 
God, jeez. Well, it's just like well, a how long, Now, how long does it take to do a 2,000 meter? Um, I think the world record for the men is something like five minutes and change. Oh, my God. Yeah. For me, it's seven minutes and 80, uh, seven minutes and 60, 52 seconds or something like that. Jesus. Yeah. Um, and then there's on the rowing machine and stuff. But, you know, it was a goal to get there. So mm-hmm. this summer, I'm going to work on my goal of being competitive in head race season with my open water boat. You know, it's a goal. So how am I going to do that? Well, I need to be on the water three times a week, minimum. So, you know, you go backwards, and it, whether it's a business goal or a, a life goal or sure. a personal What goal, is the boat that you, you go on, just I, so I can look it up? Uh, I row a Wintech 24. W-I-N-T-E-C-H, I think. T-I-C-T-E-C. Oh, wow, this is still way more slender than I thought it would be. <laughs> 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 it's about 16 inches at the waterline. Oh, my God. That's like nothing, dude. Yeah. What happens if a wave comes? Uh, if, if you're not positioned properly, you're going to get wet, or you might go into water. Holy shit. This one's got, like, pontoons on the side. Oh, that's a, a training. Oh. That's okay. for the trainer or for uh, handicap. Oh, okay. A lot of uh, disabled rowers use oh, stuff like that. Very cool. Yeah. This is a wild little boat. Yeah. It's crazy fun. And this is the skinny one. Uh, no, that's the fat one. I mean, oh, oh yeah, that's a, that's an open. It's considered an open water boat. It's a okay. little bit wider. Um, if you want to look at a Wintech, uh, just do men's heavyweight or something like that. I mean, Wintech is is a U.S. company now, but Empacher. Um, uh, there's a bunch of really high high end boats. Interesting. Wintech. Oh my a, God, these things are like pencils. Yes, it's like sitting on a pencil in the water. That's a good way to describe it. This thing can't be more than like 10 inches wide. It's 11 inches wide at the waterline. Oh, my God. It's wide enough here to sit. So, you know, you got to figure it's whatever this I is. I got some big old hips. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It, anybody could do it. We could put you in a, a Moss Arrow or a Moss 24. Sure. That's a, a little bit of a lower boat. All right. <clears throat> when I rode out in San Francisco, the, they rode these Moss 24s, and they're wider and lower. You would fit into one of them. But now, we, why uh, is it lower? Uh, well, that's more rough open water. Okay. Um, so, rowing under the Golden Gate Bridge, you're in six to eight foot swells. Okay. Um, and that would, thing will get through it? That The Mass 24 will get through it. My boat would never get through that. Well, uh, Mass, M-A-S-S? M-A-S-S, yeah. Mass 24. Uh, sorry, folks. We're M- looking this up. Oh, that's okay. M-A-A-S? I think I'm on the wrong thing here. I got a Moss 24V, which no, is some kind of try M A A S. I'm sorry. M A A S. Yeah, and I keep hitting that wire and making a big boom. Uh, that's okay. M A A S. Get rid of the second S, I think. This damn mouse. Sorry, folks. We're doing some real time research here. That's all right. We're all right. living large. There you go. And that thing will take on six to eight foot swells. Oh yeah. Just pull it to crash. That's all. That, uh, I was out there. I have to tell you, I went out. If to, somebody bet me on whether or not this was going to make it through a six to eight foot swell, I would tell them they are an idiot, and I'd bet all my money I'd ever have that this thing will not make it. And if you say it's going to make it, I'm believing you. Okay, so we have a chase. We have a chase boat or a, a little, you know, motorboat alongside uh-huh. of us. I go out of. Um, I forget what it's called. It's by. Uh, it's by the the Sausalito Bay model. Okay. Outside of Tiburon, um, I'm one of. 12 people going out, and I'm the youngest. 
there were women in their 70s and 80s doing this. Jesus. And we go under the bridge. I mean, out under the, the Golden Gate Bridge. So for anyone that wants to look this up at home, it's M-A-A-S-24. This is wild. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's uh, you got to get wet though. Well, you, yeah, you get wet. Sure, you get wet. Now, does there some kind of like self bilging system in there? Yeah, they have a they have a when you pull up and you crest it, there's a little lever that'll get out. But the cockpit's only the size of a shoebox. You, where your feet go in is really all that's there. You're sitting basically above it. And yes, oh. these guys are definitely taking on water. Oh my! No Lord. doubt about it. Oh yeah, you're really like sitting on top of it. Yep. I feel like this is a sport that I just don't know if I'd really find. Well, you can always row in a big dinghy. I mean, they have there's other kinds of boats. No, I would do it. I just don't know if I would do it like recreationally. I would be like, Todd, let's go out one day. I'm willing to give it a shot. And I just have a strong feeling that I'll do it once or twice in my life and be like, look, I did it. You did it, right. That's cool with me. Everybody's got those things. Try everything once. Well, yeah. Try twice if you're not sure, right? Yeah, 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 true. <laughs> Uh, this is cool though. Very interesting. All right, so you're my first rower that I know of on here. There you go. So how'd you now? How'd you get into this? Um, so went to Dowling College. Okay. Right after <laughs> a, after going to whatever's s- left of it now. So well, yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> it, it's a shame because uh, it was running to the ground. But we'll leave that alone. Yes. yes. Um, you know, there there were there were people that took advantage and that didn't do the right thing, mm. and and that's probably more of it than there. And you, you look like you're familiar with most of it, so. I know a good amount of it. Not yeah. everything. I mean, I used to teach there. I graduated from there, but yep. um, I got my associate's degree, Suffolk Community, when I went back to school after, you know, years in the restaurant business. Sure. Um, and used to look out the window and go, someday I'm going to do that because the classes. I see people that do it. I think it's very cool. It, it's. I don't know if it would be up my alley, but I think it's very cool. It's a life sport. Um, you have no idea how strong rowers really are oh they're monsters yeah core strength is amazing it's it's, yeah. it's great Core shoulders yeah i uh, mean traps yeah, yeah. tries and legs yeah it's, it's a full body kind of thing yeah, it really is. does the seat for, does your seat go seat back and moves. forth yes oh i did not know that also yes, it's a sliding seat so. interesting oh so you can get more pull, so you're I compressing guess. yeah well you're compressing your legs basically driving with your legs through your hips and the seat to extend your arms Oh, so you're just pulling yourself back and forth almost. Well, it's it kind of it's a it's a whole movement. It's it's Jesus. Yeah, I do the rower at the gym every once in a while, and I'm like, this is just feels strange. But you're yeah, probably not doing it right either. So probably yeah. more than likely. More okay, than I'll get you the DVD on how to train on the <laughs> rower. I'm in. All right. <laughs> I'm in. You gotta send me a digital copy though, because I uh, I don't think I have a single DVD player anymore. I don't know if I could. Well, if I get the DVD, you could probably burn it. I don't know. You see, I'll figure te- it out. I'll figure it out. This is technology that you understand. That yeah. I feel like I'm. Or find a YouTube video. YouTube video. I'm in. Well, there's YouTube videos. On oh, okay. Yes. I'll figure it out. There you go. That's right. You can learn anything on YouTube. At YouTube Academy. I was okay. just. Who did I just have? I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I go, "You could learn literally anything you want on YouTube." So I was having a conversation with somebody. Actually, I feel like you might find this interesting. So I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and they kept making excuses about everything. I mean, excuse, and I love this person so dearly, and they'll never figure out who they are. But um, (laughs) They will someday, or not. Hopefully not. But they're just making excuses for everything. Not excuses for them, but excuses for other people. Them themselves are very good people, a very good person, but... He was making excuses, you know, oh, well, you know, it, it, it came out, it, it played a little bit into politics, but it was more so like, you know, you can't blame somebody for not knowing how to do something or not being able to figure it out. And I go, 
here's where I think you're wrong. If you're a citizen, you can get a green, you can, you, not a green card, you can go get a library card, you can go on YouTube, you can learn anything you want, you can go get a free book. I go, so if you're not really trying, then whose fault is it? Because you could do pretty much anything you really want to do. You know, YouTube, there's YouTube Academy, there's so many free webinars online, there's so many, there's so much everything out there now. Well, now that the internet is the world of, yeah. you know, I can't overwhelm because I don't even know what the hell is going yep. on, which is... You know, finding the gems is the hard part. Right. Learning, you know, hey, I want to learn, you know, I know you're, you were a chef, so I want to learn how to fillet a fish today. There is more than a sufficient knowledge online of how to fillet a fish. Absolutely. I feel like there should be no excuses for like literally almost anything at this so, point. So what's the coolest thing you learned off of YouTube? The coolest thing I've learned off of YouTube. What is the coolest thing I've learned off of YouTube? Honestly, probably how to ride a motorcycle. Really? Yeah, I learned how to ride a motorcycle online. You learned how to ride a motorcycle online. I kid you not, watch the video like 25 times. I okay. did take a class. Well, yeah. But um, mainly for the waiver. But yeah, I literally watch YouTube videos to learn how to ride a motorcycle. That's kind of cool. Uh, learn how to watch watch YouTube videos on how to, on how to shoot archery, how to shoot a gun. Um, I've learned YouTube. I've watched YouTube videos on how to pack a cooler. That's, uh, I've done that. Um, dry ice for the long trip. Yep. Right? Yep. How, to, how to dry ice it. So the coolest thing I think I've ever learned on YouTube sure. was how to tie a cargo net out of 100 feet of line. How to tie a cargo Like the mesh. Like the mesh t- cargo That's net. That's cool. Yes. I'm, I'm, like I said before, I'm an Eagle Scout. I'm pretty well versed. I'm just going to add a touch more ice to you. <laughs> and uh, only because yeah. I do have to go to jiu-jitsu after this. That's okay. And I um, have other things to do also. <laughs> we all have, we all have other things to do. <laughs> I just I'm a, I, I'm a little I'm a little fearful now because my one of my best buddies who went uh, the other day he goes I blacked out the other day fighting and I was like oh my lord Ooh, he like goes somebody I, had him in the chokehold yeah somebody had him in chokehold and I was like <sighs> uh, okay that's tough yeah yeah. So um, it's inevitable, but so you know those like plastic suncaster two door sheds, the, sure. big, the big sheds, right? So Superstorm Sandy's coming. Sure, my girlfriend's on City Island. For Irene, we had actually lifted the shed up with all the men in the neighborhood and moved everything back. We weren't doing that kind of stuff this time because Irene wasn't as bad as much more tolerable. Well, 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 that oh yeah, yeah a little bit. Of, well, it's still good like this. Oh, Come it's on. it's great like that. But now it's like now it's now I can <laughs> enjoy the flavors and everything. Enjoy else. it, and I could probably sail my way into a nice hangover tomorrow morning. With it. that, shouldn't give you a hangover. No, that will. Oh, the rest of it will. I didn't say we were finishing it unless you really want to, and then you no, gotta no, go no. to the show. Look, I have to golf tonight. I'm golfing indoors. Got nice. indoor golf league tonight. Oh, so. and oh, it's right. It's simple. It's simple. Yes, yes, absolutely. So Monday nights is golf league. It's, I like it's, it. It's my night out. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so my girlfriend's got that Suncaster sun sure, shed. Sure, I put at least 500 pounds of sand. I filled up 10 sandbags. Oh, my God. On the bottom. Uh-huh. And then and then I we had this – there was a bolt anchor in the ground with an eye. Uh-huh. So it had been in, in the concrete for years. Sure. I'm like, ah, oh, I could tie a cargo net. I could. So I literally looked online. Sure. Found it on, on you know, uh, on, so on YouTube. Cool. Yeah. Tied a small one uh-huh. and said, okay, I could build a big one. Built this huge cargo net. So smart. Put it over the shed. All one rope without cutting it. All one rope without cutting Love it. Love it. And uh-huh. then and then tied it into this anchor. And well, all that was left after Superstorm Sandy was the base. <laughs> Not even the rope. Not even the rope. <laughs> there was nothing left on that. We found the shed and its pieces 
like three miles down the road. Oh my god! It was super some Sandy hit City Island pretty hard. Sure. Like it hit me in Lindenhurst pretty hard. So. Jesus, yes, yeah, that messed up a good, good chunk of people. Yeah, it was, uh, it was not a pretty situation. The, uh, it's funny you learned how to do that because being my past history and and also being a volunteer firefighter, uh, knots and ropes are very important mm-hmm. to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, uh, uh, sailing and things like that, things that I've done in the past, r- tying knots and all that has always been a part of my life. So. One day, I ca- I always carry uh, you know twenty to thirty feet of power cord in all my backpacks, always without fail. Really? I always have rope with me. Um, it's either that or it's located in my car somewhere. And so one day we're sitting somewhere, and I didn't have my phone on me, and I'm with my girlfriend who I'm dating now, and I pull out a piece of rope and I just start tying knots, and she's like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, I'm just keeping myself occupied here. I got to make sure, like, can't get rusty. You got to just right. You, you got to continually tie those knots. Yeah, because if I don't do it, I'm just gonna forget it. And she's and like, rabbit through the hole. Yep, or? yep. <laughs> and she's like, you are out of your damn mind. I'm like, we have nothing to do. At least the least I could do. And I'm, I'm such a big proponent on maximizing time mm-hmm. and being efficient. So for me, it was like I needed to do this. Like this is free time I have, and right. I can't. You work or anything, right? So I might as well do something that's going to be beneficial. There you go. And she thought she just thought I was out of my mind for doing it, and I thought it was quite funny, just because for me it was not it was a normal day. For her, she's like, "What on earth?" I'm like, "I gotta do it. I gotta practice because if I don't practice, I'm gonna lose it." And the one day I'm gonna need to do it, I'm gonna be sol. Uh, that, 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 right, exactly. Yep. It's tough. I've I have same thing with tying knots. And uh-huh. I used to sail. Uh-huh. I haven't sailed in 15 years. Yep. It was on my friend's boat, and I'm like. Uh, no, this isn't working. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Uh, you know, you, and you would think it would be second nature. No, you got to really, you still got to practice. Well, it's like everything else. You know, it's like playing an instrument. Yep. It's, it's like understanding what it is you're doing. You, you need to know what your limitations are. You need to understand where you are, and and you know, then move the needle forward. Mm-hmm. That's the, you know, back to that whole moving the needle forward thing. It's always, always got to keep progressing. Yeah, it's it's like bringing something with you to read. Now, obviously, nowadays it's a, the Kindle or the you know, you can read it's it incredible. on your phone and stuff like that. But you're right. With the, going back to the people you saw at the restaurant. You know, they're on social media instead of being in they're the moment with their friends. stimulating their own senses. That's the, right. and the so, irritating part. Well, that's FOMO, isn't it? If you're missing out, isn't that, is that what they that's, call that? Yeah, but I feel like you can't miss out when you're with people already. You well, know, that's f- just it, but be here now. You know? Yeah, FOMO is one thing that I just I cannot understand. I really – I've tried to understand FOMO, and for some reason for me it just doesn't – you know, for fear of missing out, and you know, if I find out about a party, you know, even even if I missed it, I'm like, okay, great. You know, there's a reason why I wasn't there, whatever it may be. And I think one, I guess, one way I've learned to combat it is always make the most out of my time. So I can't really miss out on anything if I've already done something substantial in a different area. Right. You're maximizing what you're yeah. maximizing. Saturday night, I didn't go out. I wrote blogs all night. You know, yeah, there was a party going on. But I wrote blogs. But you went out Saturday afternoon and had cigars and yeah, because you sent out that email. Yes, thank yep. you very much. But I, I was no I was in the Bronx. So. Uh, it's all good. Uh, look for more of those, by the way. But um, yeah, so you know, I was like, okay, you know, I still want, I still had a good time that day. But I'm not going to stay up till twelve, one, two, three in the morning. Like, I'm going to sit home and write blogs. You know, there's nothing wrong with that, and it's going to progress me as a person and progress my business as a company. So for me, that's a great. You know, there, I didn't miss out on anything. Yeah, you know, could I have gone? Yeah, but you know, for me. 
I don't, you know, I'm not not losing anything. I don't know. That's my take on it. Yeah. It's a, it's it's your generation. I'm on. You're in your twenty six. Twenty. You're in your twenties, right? Yeah. So you're you're thirty years younger than me. Thirty one years younger than me. Oh, you look killing it for your age. Oh, well, thank you so much. I, <laughs> hey, I, 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 only, I only said that because I wanted to hear now. <laughs> yes, shower me with it. Nah, you know what? <laughs> Fishing for those compliments. Fishing for those compliments. You are however old you think you are. Um, the problem is, is my body can't cash the checks that it used to cash when I was yes. your age. But other than that, it's the same thing, only different. Yes. Um, I, I firmly believe that, um, although, you know, Moving was very uh, interesting, especially living on a second floor and moving to a second floor. I remember hearing about the story. Yeah, so it's, you know, I'm, I'm still a little tired from it, but, sure. uh, you know, I took the weekend off, kind of kicked back, uh, went to the Bronx Zoo, had a good time nice. there. How was the Bronx Zoo? I've Bronx, been there in a long time. The Bronx Zoo is the Bronx Zoo. I love that place. Oh, I got to go again. I'm, yeah. I'm far overdue for a visit. Uh, it's, uh, it's a very, very cool place, and it's really what they've done with it is amazing. Really? Compared to what it was years ago. Oh, yeah. it's great. Yeah, but we're members. Um, we live literally. City Island is about ten minutes away from the Bronx, oh, okay. so nice. It's one of those places we go to walk and sure. Why not? Yeah, you, you can see the animals. You God, know what a the... time to be alive! Right? I tell, I, I say it all the time. I'm just like, who would have thought that we could just literally go a couple miles and see any anim- most animals from any part of the world mm-hmm. in a location? Yeah, and they can't even kill us. Yeah, <laughs> you know, unless you try to take a selfie with a jaguar. But like, other than that, like, uh, yeah, the snow leopards are behind the cage. Yeah, things, you're so. gonna be fine otherwise. Yeah, very much so. Um, so so now, because we're sailing through this thing, and I want to get some kind of business in here. So so you <laughs> I don't even know what time, I don't even know what time it is. So you're, you're, oh, you're we're forty five minutes in. You're in charge. You're in charge of this. Yeah, so. that's that's cool. Uh, so what did, what did you bring as far as so, paperwork? So I, I I brought value drivers. All right, cool. So what are some value drivers? So value drivers. So in every business, when I value and appraise a business, I look at uh, risk factors relating to the the sustainability and the continuance of the cash flow stream that falls to the owners. Sure. Right. So if you're a stockholder, you get dividends. Mm -hmm. Um, If you own a, a, a closely held company... You're taking a salary, and then you're hoping that money falls to the bottom line mm-hmm. that ultimately is yours based on the amount of risk you've put in to sure. generate that profit or generate that revenue. So risk comes in two different forms. It comes in systemic risk and unsystemic risk. Sure. Systemic risk is the risk of the system. So, for instance, in 2009, the economy crapped the bed. It was just it, the real estate world, you know, that whole – sure. Um, we'll call it depression, not depression, recession kind of issue. Everyone that is in business is going to deal with systemic risk the same way. If we go to war, if there's another, God forbid, 9-11, you know, those things affect everyone. Sure. It affects the system. So system is based on what we call the market drivers or the first page that I have here. Sure. And and this, this tool that I have called Core Value mm-hmm. looks at these nine – systemic risk drivers. Sure. We've got growth, recurring revenue, product differentiation, large potential market size. You know, are you in a market that's unlimited or are you making buggy whips? Because 
Obviously, buggy whips is... What is a buggy whip? Well, when people had buggies, they had buggy whips. And it was, you know, you'd whip the mule to... Oh, oh I got gotcha. you. Right? You know, so... Interesting. Or do you, are you making something that's antiquated, you know? And what what's going to be antiquated? What's next that's, sure. that's going to be in there? So I'll give you an example. I knew someone that had a business that made the um, tabs with the numbers for loose leaf binders. <laughs> Right? It's a business. It was a business. The machine that made the tabs so that it would print and cut and, you know, you get tab 1 to tab 30 or you yeah, get yeah. A to Z or whatever. Have you seen those lately? No. Right. Nobody uses Nobody them. uses them anymore. Yeah. Because everything is digital. Sure. Right? So why would you want to keep making those machines? Now, some people are still using that stuff. Sure. There's a couple of companies that are doing it. But for the most part, they're it's not there. Yeah. It's a dying industry, right? Sure. Um, if you know how to repair bowling alley pin setting machines, mm -hmm. you're making $5,000 a day right now because you're flying all over the country because how many bowling alleys are left? Not many. Not many. And they're willing to pay top dollar. Well, the old machines, only a handful of people know how to fix them now. So it's crazy, you know, they're, they're five G's a day, Holy five Christ. G's a day. Yes. That's what this, this particular individual I met recently. He's like, yeah, I get $5,000 a day. You want me to come in? I'll fix. So I'll fix your machines. If you got 31 lanes, which is this uh, 32 lanes, which is like the normal average bowling alley, it's going to take me two days to fix your machines. It'll be 10 grand. That's what the guy that's makes. crazy. Nah, cause think about it. The bowling alley is doing well, right? If the sure. bowling alley is making it sure. But how many bowling alleys do you know around here that, don't exist anymore. Where is a bowling alley around here, actually? There's one in Sable. Sable Bowl still so alive. I, it's not Sable Bowl anymore. It's Bowl Bolero. Where is that? Right on Sunrise Highway, right where the Ruby Tuesdays used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one in the one in Bayshore is closed. Gone. Yep. Gone. Which is actually a real shame, not because it's closed, but the fact that that ba that vacant building, vacant building. <laughs> Is still there. Uh, I've had I I I've, I'm going on six hours of speaking today. Good for you. Yeah, good. Today's been a great day. Just a lot of phone calls, um, all nonstop, and a little but, grappa, and a little grappa, little grappa wet the lips. Um, but that always that that's one thing that makes me so sad. I don't I don't get sad about a lot of things, but I hate seeing vacant buildings because the I guess the way I look at it is it's just opportunity for something better. Well, I guess that makes sense on some levels, but the mall is going to be vacant soon. I know. You know, I don't, I don't see Amazon relenting their place in the world of commerce. No, and, and, I don't think so either. And how many, I mean, yeah, you, you, look, I bought shoes online. They didn't fit. I was bummed, mm -hmm. right? But I couldn't have found those shoes in one of the stores that I normally shop in. Sure. And I was going on vacation. I was like, oh, I really want these shoes. They changed the model from the year before, mm -hmm. and they changed the size. Okay. Guess what? They showed up the week before. I couldn't get them back to them. I didn't go with away with those shoes on vacation. Sure. But really, am I going to go to the mall to buy something that probably isn't even there anymore? Yeah. The the My biggest problem with the mall, I do like malls. I think malls are very good. I think it gives people an activity to do things, but or a way to do things. The problem that I see with malls is not even so much that Amazon's taking, or I, I shouldn't say that. The benefit I see with malls is not that Amazon's taking over, but it just 
I feel like malls aren't diversified enough. There's not enough to do at the mall. So, for example, Payless is not Payless is going out, but right uh, J.C. Penney's is slowly closing down stores. Yeah, they're, they're they're all slowly closing down stores. I mean, Sears is gone. For so, all purposes. flip side of things, we're turning into a, a a world where now, okay, so J.C. Penney's is closing down. Put an indoor theme park there, or a, that takes capital and it takes. There's risk involved with yes. that. So, but I think we're moving towards a world of service and experience than retail. Well, that's what your generation is looking for yes. in terms of. <clears throat> I don't need stuff. Stuff is just that. It's stuff. You sure. got to carry stuff. Uh, at what point your stuff? You got to vacuum your stuff, right? At what at what point does your stuff own you as opposed to you owning your stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, experiential things are totally different, but to have an experiential thing still takes capital. It takes marketing dollars. It takes all those things to get it to fledge. Sure. Never, never mind to fly. Sure. So how do you go about doing those things? You know, from a business perspective, in something that's 300,000 square feet. You know, sure. I mean, you're talking two floors of JCPenney or three floors of JCPenney. It's a lot three, of space. That's a lot of space. So right. here's a crazy thing. Well, power of the internet. There's a place that I found in Brooklyn. You literally go there. It's a bar and you throw axes. It's an axe throwing bar. Yeah. Okay. Sick. That's kind of crazy, yeah. Like... I think I think what's happening is old ideas are dying very quickly, and new ideas are not coming to fruition fast enough. That I think is a real problem that we have right now. Well, the ability to monetize a new idea for a business is difficult because you need to understand the value drivers. You need to understand sure. what's going to generate your revenue. Mm-hmm. Like you know, recurring revenue is your is your growth driver in a in a, a market situation. You know, recurring revenue is great. How do you get that recurring revenue stream as a, 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 a podcast or as a web person? Well, sure. as a web person, you know, you're on a monthly maintenance fee. Sure. So that works. As an accountant, you, you have a monthly retainer. You know, lawyers work off of retainers, things like that. But Verizon or T-Mobile or um, AT&T, they're the recurring revenue kings, you know, mm-hmm. because every month you pay that yeah. amount of money. They get you. They got you. You know, it's Netflix like, money. Netflix, right? Same thing. It's a recurring revenue stream. So, you know, are you getting the DVDs? Are you getting the streaming? Are you getting both? Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden it's 20 bucks a month, 30 bucks a month. Um, the gym, you know, do you go to a gym? Do you go to a specialty gym? Sure, sure. You know, I, I used to go to a boot camp gym. You know, I, I belong to this this particular gym. What is boot camp? Boot camp. Oh, boot camp. Boot camp. Yeah, so, those yeah. things were hot for a while. They still are. I oh, mean, really? well, CrossFit is is boot camp on, in an essence. This oh, just okay. happened to have been a small, sure. you know, local kind of thing. The guy uh, mixed up the re- the workouts every day. That you never do, did the same workout twice. Oh, good. You knew that, um, you know, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday was certain things. Tuesday, Thursday was certain things. And you kind of tried to make it two or three times a week. Sure. So, Interesting. Yeah. So, so um. You know, your, your market drivers, to go back to this, are, sure. is, well, that's systemic risk. It's the risk of the system. You know, um, how is your brand related in the marketplace? Are you a big player? Are you a medium player? Are you somebody that is known on Long Island? Are you somebody mm-hmm. that's known nationally, internationally? You know, what is it that your product or service is? Sure. So market, you really don't have a lot to do with because, unfortunately, it's really all based on what's environmental around you. 
Sure. You know, as opposed to operational drivers, here's where we get into what's your company doing? Mm -hmm. How's it doing? How's it doing it? How are you measuring it? Sure. What are the things that are benefiting you in terms of your company overview? Mm -hmm. Do I understand what it is you're doing? You know, sure. um, Harrison, or it's Barron Media, right? Yep. Yep. So, so Barron Media is a full service inbound, is what you said. Yep. M marketing company or marketing yeah. support company. Marketing company, yeah. Right. So, so I need to easily understand what your value is. You sure. know, who your customers are. How do I get what it is you do so that I can help you? Sure. Through our networking groups, through other people that I meet. To maybe make that connection to help you identify new people. Just like for me, it's really about understanding how to improve the business. Mm -hmm. Who holds you accountable as a business owner, right? Sure. Whether it's the alternative sure. board or valuing and identifying value in a business, how do we understand it? We, we dig down into these different value drivers. Sure. Right? So, you know, operations. Um, are you continually delivering on your sales promises? And do you do it systematically? Or is it this way one time and this way the next time? Sure. Because at the end of the day, you want to pull the book off the shelf and say, this is what we do. This is how we do it. Sure. Because that's what you that put a price on. You put a price on the process. Right. Because anybody else, you know, if, as long as you can recreate the process, as far as I can tell, you can sell it. Exactly. Yeah. No, you're absolutely correct there. That's, that's, but that's just it, is how do you recreate the process time and time again? And then how do you streamline the process to make it more efficient? Sure. So your cost is not as much and your profit ultimately is more. Sure. And hopefully your cost doesn't exceed your, your revenues and then you're even in worse shape. And we see that a lot too, unfortunately. A lot. A lot. You know, people don't know. Um, what do you, know, you think the biggest problem that you see with businesses is? Not understanding their cost structure. Not understanding their cost structure. Right. So, um, you know. Not the answer I was expecting. What were you expecting? Uh, failure in processes, failure to automate, and failure to um, educate. You need to know what things cost before you get to those. Mm. I could do all that. Sure. But if I'm not making money and I'm doing it and I don't realize I'm not making money, mm -hmm. how does that play out? Sure. So recent, very recently, I've worked with a couple of companies who had cost structure issues where they thought one thing, and mm -hmm. the reality was, was when we started peeling the onion back, it wasn't that because they didn't have a good handle on their data. They didn't have a good handle on the overall big problem, right bigger, there. bigger picture. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you look at labor. I mean, let's, I, I, we could talk about a restaurant. So in a, sure. resta in a restaurant, um, you sell a, a dish for $20, right? Sure. And you, you're looking at your food costs, your liquor costs, your labor costs, and then your overhead. Sure. So liquor costs, liquor makes money. And, liquor and, and, makes so much money. Right. And if you're selling liquor at a, at a table, odds are you're going to be okay. But if two people have two sodas and then order two $20 dishes, and one of those dishes costs you $16, but the other one costs you 8 You've got some problems there, right? Because yeah. that's just your cost. I mean, that would have been your food cost sure. and, and your labor cost. Sure. Now, how do you cover your overhead? Sure. Well, on that $16 one, if it's that's really what it is, it's not going to cover the overhead. Sure. Well, it's that's underpriced. Well, it's, it's either underpriced or it's... You've got a problem in your restaurant. Yeah. You know, again, there's... how do, But how do you identify that? How do you dig that, dig that information out? Sure. Um, so it's a matter of, you know, understanding what the numbers are, understanding how to utilize the numbers... Understanding ratio analysis to step back and say, you know, are you able to do it 
And are you able to do it and make money? Sure. Because I can do it, but if I'm not making money, what's the point? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, unless you yeah. love what you're doing, you're just doing it because you're already wealthy. Uh, yeah, and I know some people that do that and don't mind losing money because, Jesus. as they say, quote-unquote, I, I need the losses, even though I, I argue that no one needs to lose money. <laughs> um, but those are the people that don't want to pay as much tax, and that's a whole other story. Sure, tax you avoidance. Know. Well, yeah. <clears throat> no, that's really tax evasion. <laughs> oh, avoidance sounds better. Yeah, well, well, one's legal, one's not, yes. right? You can avoid taxes, you can't evade them. Yes. So. But uh, to minimize your taxes, you know, sure. you, you buy a, you buy a piece of real estate, and it it doesn't make money on the books. Sure. But at the end of the day, when you sell that real estate, you're going to pay all the gains that for all those pieces that you've taken away. Sure. Um, so you know, operational drivers really get into what your business does and how it does it. How do you market? How do you sell? Mm -hmm. Do you have a system and a process? Because again, you know, we talked about Sandler. Um, Sandler's a system. Sure. You understand the system. Sandler selling systems, yeah. Right. You understand the system. You understand moving through the submarine in Sandler. Uh -huh. You understand that there's a process you need to go through in order to identify and ultimately bring a fish on the boat, as mm -hmm. I call it. Sure. So, so that's, uh, that's kind of where that is. So operational drivers, you know, there's, there's nine operational drivers, and these are all what we call unsystemic risk. Mm. This is diversifiable risk. So, sure. you know, um, the most valuable business, Harrison, is the business that the business owner's not at, believe it or not. Yes, because it's generating revenue without you having to put work into exactly. it. Exactly. So sure. you're out there marketing, you're out there selling, you're out there going to the charity events, sure. you're being the face of the Chamber of Commerce, whatever that is. Sure. That business becomes infinitely more valuable to sell at a point in time than the similar business with the similar numbers where the owner really has a job. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing I have actually thought about quite, quite substantially, uh, when building my business is building the, I guess I come from a very good point because I have a very strong IT background because of that. I, I learned very quickly processes and systems in place and things of that nature, holding people accountable, keeping track of everything now with software and my, myself, my company's predominantly built around software, all of those things are easily trackable to some degree. There's always going to be that gray area where you can't track and mm -hmm. um, and things of that nature. But that was one thing. That's why I said, you know, processes and, and data and stuff like that before, because I saw a lot of companies that, you know, sometimes you see something and you're like, that's how much you charge. And you're like, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, how do you, I don't understand how you charge that much. Like you need to make more money than that because your cost is more money than that. They're like, no, no, no. I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, if that's what you're asking for, I'm going to pay it. Some things just don't make sense. And I'm like, I, you know, I've been in the business world long enough to know how much things cost and how much things don't cost for the most part. And mm -hmm. Sometimes I see things and you're like, how are you keeping track of that? Oh, I don't. How do you measure it then? I don't. Well, how are you making money? Well, at the end of the day, the books say I make money. And I'm like, oh, yeah. my Do they really? Lord. Yeah. I'm like, holy Jesus. Like, how are, how are you getting through on a regular basis, you know? Well, people do it all the time. And, and I that's believe me. That blows my mind. I, I've, seen, I've seen horrible, horrible business people and, and people that are not very smart making lots of money. It's just it's part of what it is. Yeah. It's just, the, you know, it's a, it's a function of they found something that was a niche. 
Sure. Um, or they were in the right place at the right time, or they were at the front end of the curve. You know, sure. um, these things happen. Yes. And it's it's just part of the way the world runs. Part of the game. Yeah. You know. Very interesting. Yeah. So. So now you have what is this core value software? So core value software measures these. 18 underlying value drivers. Okay. So core value software, um, I sit down with a business owner for 15 minutes, ask them 18 quick questions, one on each of the 18 underlying value drivers sure. to see how they fit. And we get a broad brushstroke picture of what enterprise value in the company is. Enterprise value. Value that's not necessarily what you're going to sell it for or what somebody's going to buy it for, but theoretically, uh, a rough idea of what the real underlying assets and operational systems of the business are worth. Sure. Um, that core value, after we do that high level, we do what's called, uh, if you want to invest, you take a deep dive. Mm -hmm. And there we are going to ask you between 70 and another 140 questions on different data points to really create that actionable, executable growth plan to work on different areas in the business that need shoring up. So, you know, um, when you talk about top line revenue growth in a, in a market risk, mm -hmm. how many businesses do you know that actually have what's called a revenue chart? Where you've looked at your top line revenues month over month, your, mm -hmm. your gross profit and your net income month over month, but have that under something that they look at every month. Sure. A lot of businesses don't, they don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things, it's a simple tool but, you know, um, and you wouldn't know Mayor Ed Koch, but Ed Koch was the guy that used to say, hey, how am I doing? Sure. You want to know how you're doing month sure. to month to month. So that's one of the tools that you would have. So if you don't have that, that's an easy fix. That's an easy repair, if you will, sure. to ultimately improve an underlying value driver. Sure. When you talk about sales and marketing, you know, do you have a selling system? And because we're talking about Sandler and we both are Sandler guys, Sure. you know, um, High-value companies have the ability to produce revenue in a proven and systematic way, not based on the efforts of individuals within the business. So thorough marketing plan, appropriate sales skills and technology, accurate and timely marketing and sales metrics in place. If you're not working from that point, then you're not really capturing what it is you need to capture. Sure. So as a business coach, consultant, consigliere, as one of my friends calls me, <laughs> although he says I'm a consigliere because he, he wants to do the Billy Crystal thing. Um, you know, it, it's a function of those things. Sure. You know, so as a business advisor, as a someone who helps people move the needle, it's getting them to understand what it is that's lacking mm -hmm. Um, through this tool, core value, sure, and then helping them to create a plan to improve ultimately those underlying value sure. drivers by plugging the holes, sure. And that that software really can peel back the onion. It can give you a whole bunch of different ways to look at your business, sure. Um, and that's that's one of the tools that I use that I I love. Um, it's not as much as a deep dive business valuation for sale purposes, sure, as it is a deep dive into the value of your business and the sure. underlying value drivers of your business. So it's a, it's a, it's a great tool. Um, anybody that's a business owner, I'll be more than happy to spend, you know, half an hour with them, sit down, ask those 18 questions sure. and take it from there. Sure. You know, it's a, it's a great, great opportunity to get another view of your business. Sure. You know? I think having somebody look in the problem with the problem with having 
You have to have a trained and knowledgeable individual looking into your business. Far too often, and this is one thing that drives me nuts, is like when people say, I got a guy. And it's just some Joe Schmo who doesn't know what they're doing, maybe took a couple accounting classes, thinks they can tell you the evaluation of a business or how a business should work or has, you know, zero to little knowledge of operations and all this kind of stuff. And I see it, sadly enough, moderately frequently. And unfortunately, those people are beyond help in some degrees because they just they put all their eggs in one basket and that basket seems to be their friend. Mm-hmm. But... Oh, that's uh, that's a, it's a, I hear that a lot. Um, you know, the the business owner that has an advisor, but that advisor is the friend. Yeah. And the friend may or may not be the best person to be speaking to. Sure. Um, you know, we talk about business deals when a a, a, a business is in play and it's going to be sold or it's going to be bought, and it's been my experience over the years because I've appraised enough businesses that are either being bought or being sold. And I've helped facilitate those, some of those transactions, but sure. I've also been at the table where there's either two lawyers that don't know how to get along and make the deal happen. There's two accountants that can't see eye to eye. There's two yeah. significant others. So I already, I've already named six people that could blow up a deal, mm-hmm. right? That significant other. Um, there's always the the individual in the deal themselves, the buyer or the seller that can blow it up. And then there's the the person that I always call the maven or the friend. Sure. The one that, that you know, the guy that goes, I could have got it cheaper. Oh, Why yeah. did you do that? I could have got it cheaper. That's the guy that, or the woman, but it's mostly the guy. Yeah. Realistically, that's going to blow up those deals. So, you know, it's who you're listening to yeah. and why are you listening to them? Yeah. I hate, I hate when somebody says you could have got it cheaper. Okay. But, you know, is cheaper always better? Exactly. You know, right? The uh, far too often I have either friends or colleagues and I'll, you know, I'm pretty open with my friends about like what I'm doing, what I'm working on, things that are going on. And, you know, a great example, I use a software to run a lot of social media, especially social media all, all joined in one place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're like, well, you could just sign out of all those social media accounts and, and do the work and sign back in. I'm like... You know, that would save you so much money. And I'm like, for how much time would it take me to sign in and sign out of all these accounts and make sure there's no issues and this, that, and the other thing? I'm like, there's a, you got to have a value on your time also and the, t- the time that goes into working. You know, if it's too much of a hassle, it's too much of a pain in the butt, it's not going to get done, unfortunately. It's just the way of the world. Right. You know, it's got to be simple enough that most people can understand it. Yes, you have to train them and educate them and stuff like that. But at the same time, there's a, there's a, a valuation of – you know, is a cheaper product always better? Well, it depends. You got to do your homework. You know? more, more likely than not, no. Yeah. And I can tell you a long story about that, which is not such a long story. But you know, you got the storm, you, got, you got the storm door, right? Sure. And you got the storm door thing that you, you know, the 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 closer they sure. call it, the storm door closer. You can open the door and whatnot. Mm-hmm. There was a place called Rickle many years ago. Okay. It was or Channel it was it was Channel and Rickle which is like the precursor to Home Depot and Lowe's. Okay. Um, the storm door with the little X in the front, and anybody that's my age is going to remember the aluminum storm door with the X with the horses and the carriage and the yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. But the closer goes. So I go to Channel, and there's a two ninety nine closer and a three ninety nine closer. Mm-hmm. And me being the cheap guy, he says, I'm going to buy the two ninety nine closer. $299. No, $2.99. <laughs> this is a long, long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to be like 1980 something, okay? 
<laughs> Two to three dollars. Oh my Christ! Okay. okay. Yeah, but back then you got to realize you were you, if you made three hundred bucks a week, then you made a lot, of, a money. lot of money. You know? yeah. oh, not it was an okay living. Three hundred bucks a week was an okay living. Sure. Five hundred bucks a week was a lot of money. Back sure. Then. Sure. It's probably more, but so I bring it home. I put it on the door. My ex-wife looks at me and she goes, uh, "You bought the cheaper one, right?" And I go, "Yeah." How'd you know? She goes, "Cause it's a little shorter." And she goes, "We'll be buying a new one in a year, less than a year." The cheap one broke. Go uh, back, buy the other one, which is now four ninety nine, uh, and it lasted forever. It lasted until we took the door off. Twenty something years. Oh my god! But yeah, that was my lesson learned. And you know, don't buy cheap. Uh-huh. Spend the extra couple of bucks because you'll you'll be better off. Yeah. And, I, and I've done that in my business life now too. Sure. I look at things and I say, you know what? Um, not necessarily the seven hundred dollar an hour attorney. But the four hundred dollar an hour attorney or the five hundred dollar an hour attorney, sure. you know, yeah. is going to be better than the two hundred dollar an hour attorney, and more likely than not, that person is. Yeah. So you you, you kind of you know, you pay for it one way or the other. Which way? Yeah. Do you, which which side of the horse do you want the oats from? Yep. Yeah. Pay, why pay twice? Right. You know, that's that's you know my thing is you know why pay twice? It's just constantly irks me. I see it all the time. You know, why would I do this? I could do this, and I'm like. Is it really worth the headache of going through something twice? It's not. Let alone once, you know? You jump on it, you go, and yeah. you're done. Make a decision, yeah. you go with it, you know? The worst that can happen is you're wrong, or you spend yeah. an extra, you know? Okay, so you figure it out. Whatever it is, what it is. Life yeah. happens, and you're not you the know. first person to make a mistake in this world. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I just I see it all the time where, you know? People, you know, my great example, my mom. So I got a parking ticket in New York City the other day. Uh-uh. Of course, they always get you. And I was 10 minutes late. Got a ticket. Got there right before I got there. I'm like, God darn it. Whatever. 35 bucks. Okay, whatever. Parking ticket's not terrible. No, no, no. 35 bucks. And uh, it sucks because I could have paid another dollar and it would have been fine. But so my mom. Did, oh, you had it on the meter? You were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. And uh, yeah, I paid the meter. Meter expired. Couldn't max out the time. And this one didn't have the phone app. So I couldn't even do it from my phone. So my mom gets in my car and she's like, oh, you got a ticket? And I was like, yeah. She's like, for what? Speeding? And I was like, no. Parking. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, fight it. I'm like, mom. You can't fight those. I go, even if I could. Uh, I go, mom, it's not even worth me fighting it. She's like, what do you mean? You can save $35. I'm like. Hold on. So you're telling me $35 is worth taking off a half a day of work, driving to New York City, risking another parking ticket, <laughs> paying to park in New York City, yeah, driving home with the chances of crashing my car multiple times because we all know driving through New York City isn't exactly easy for a $35 ticket, Mom? I'm like, I just don't see the value there. Yeah. She's like, no, no, you can fight it. You'll get out of it. I'm like, I, that's not the point of the thing here. <laughs> but that's 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 mom's generation versus. <laughs> yep. So how old is mom? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, fifty-five, fifty-six, yeah, something like that. Yeah, my yeah. Age. So that's interesting. But uh, it was just so funny. I'm like, what? Like, like for me, it was a no-brainer. I'm like, thirty-five dollars, please. If that's all I gotta pay, great. Let me exactly, exactly. <laughs> let me sign that thing. And get out. I'm still pissed, just because I hate that they they bang you for everything they possibly can. But I'm like, I'm like <laughs> they didn't bang you that hard. Cause no, they, I had a I had a pass uh, an inspection that was passed though. Uh, it was parked out in front of my girlfriend's house in the Bronx. They'll take it you for an inspection twice in less than 24 hours. I had to pay both tickets. How much was that? 75 each. And then I fought the f- second one because I said it was the first one, and they said no. 
and then it was passed through and it was 150 yeah. So two hundred twenty-five dollars for two overdue inspections. Oh my God! And, and and I knew it, and I just never got the car inspected, and I forgot that it went from January thirty-first to February first. Uh-huh. It was like they were waiting for me. Oh uh, no! And then I they know. called everybody and said you could throw a ticket off. And I was like, how many tickets can they give me in twenty-four hour picket? As many as they want. Well, that's oh my I was God! Like, Are you that's kidding? absurd. Yeah. That's absurd. Welcome to the city of New York. Well, the, here's the funny. The other funny thing I think is when people uh, your car breaks down on the side of the road. And whatever, you know, you'll go back and get it eventually. Mm-hmm. But they ticket you all the time. I've seen cars with like seven or eight tickets on it. Because you're doing like 80 miles an hour. You're like, oh, let me see how many this guy's got. And you try to look back and you're like, that sucks. So not only, and it's just like a series of unfortunate events. Because not only do you have a broken down car, something's wrong with it. Whether right. it's a flat tire or right. something happens. And you can't afford to get a towed. Exactly. You can't afford to get a tow. And then you're getting tickets for leaving it on the side exactly. of the road. Exactly. I'm bam. like, this is like the ultimate... Like, you're better off just sucking up, you know, taking out a line of credit, calling a tow truck, and just getting it out of there. Yeah, somebody's ringing the bell. The cash register's yeah. going ding, 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 ding. You know. New York City. I, I just, yeah, I just see it. I, you even, on Long, even Long Island. Really? Suffolk so, so County, all the time I see it. I haven't noticed that. The LIE is notorious for it. Really? I see it all the time. Because I got to, you know, I go, for, I mean, I know you live out here, but I go from Bayport here to Woodbury, to Big, and I can't even tell you how many times I see cars on the side of the road. Wow. Because I, I turn on ways. So I'll just, I mark them all day. I mark all the cops all day, you know, and, and that's my pastime hobby till I get to big and uh, amongst listening to books. But every once in a while, I see a car and I, I, I try to like flick the head back to see how many tickets they got. And I'm like, okay, he's got one. All right, that's not that bad. That's not so bad. But I've seen, I've seen enough to where it looked like somebody put, uh, you know, those like party ribbons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm like that sucks. Uh, that person's never going to go back go back to their car anyway. <laughs> you might as well just move out of state and never come back. Yeah, you know, I I just I feel so bad for those people because I'm like you got screwed. So you you left your car, you didn't pick it up, you didn't pay for the t- the tow truck, and now whoever owns that car is going to get is go is getting they're going to have a warrant for their arrest in ninety days. Yeah, because they didn't pay their tickets. Yep, I'm like. Wow. Jesus. Tough stuff. Yeah. Tough yeah, stuff. yeah. I feel so bad for people on the side of the road, man. I feel so bad. I never noticed that, so oh. I'm going to have to look now. Oh, definitely do. It, not all of them, because some of them are new, and sometimes, you know, you could definitely tell when cops are, like, being nicer. Right. Especially in the colder weather, they seem to be nicer, because they don't want to get out of well, the car. Well, they don't want to get out of the car. It's not that they're being nicer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a better time to break down, I should say. And like, there's a good time to break oh, down. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I'll break down this winter. But I, I, yeah, the last time I saw it was in, uh, like, August, September. On uh, on the LA going eastbound, I remember where it was. It was right by uh, Suffolk County. What is that? Exit fifty three, Suffolk County Community College over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was just past that. And I looked at that car, and I was like, "That sucks." Wow, that sucks. Yeah, it could have been other things. Very well, very much so. But it just—it's just, it's just still—you just see all the tickets. You know, you can't exactly miss those things. Nobody's leaving you love letters on the side of the nope. LA. Nope, <laughs> they're sticking them under the windshield. <laughs> the, the windshield on the windshield, everybody. I felt so bad for this guy. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> and I know I've got to have to pay attention to that. But that uh, was, uh, yeah, I couldn't believe it. It was two tickets in less than twenty-four hours. I was like, Are "You kidding me? One's one day, one's the next day. Less than twenty-four hours didn't matter. That's not right. Days. Yeah, I didn't think so either, but." I, f- I feel like it should be allow- allowable one a day. That's it. It was one a day. It was one on uh, like 10 Literally o'clock at night and later. one at like 2 o'clock in the morning. Oh. Next day. Oh, yeah. Shit. <laughs> that sucks. And then I went out and I was like, what the? 
why do I have freaking? And I'm like looking. I'm like, I'm not in front of your driveway. What's yeah. the problem? I'm like, I can't figure this out. I look and I'm like, I got it right here in Patchog. Son of a bitch. I parked in Free Park and I'm like, I'm golden. No. The, the patch yeah, the it would have been cheaper for me to park illegally, and they just give me a park illegal parking. No, because you would have gotten the, uh, I know, the, the inspection. I got one of those um, up in Westchester somewhere. I again missed the missed the inspection, and I'm at uh. my friend's place and doing work, and walk out. I got a freaking. I'm like, I put enough money in the meter. Motherfucker. Yep, they get you. They get you. Inspection. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> they get you. Now, I, I, now since I've gotten that ticket, because that ticket cost me in Patrick $75. Yeah. For, well, it's a $75 for non-inspection. Yep. And, and uh, then if you don't pay it, it's another $75. Bang, oh, bang. Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. the city. So yep. that was. Um, yeah. I'm like, this, I'm like, Patrick. People are like, why don't you like Patrick? I'm like, that place just rapes me of money every single time I go. Oh. If it's not for overpriced drinks and food, it's for tickets, it's for parking, it's for... But that's your, like, hub because it's close. So. I, I try not to. I do everything I can to stay out of there. You know, I, I will go there on the rare exception, but before I go, I make sure my inspection's done. I yeah. make sure that all my windows are rolled up so they can't check my tints. It's, it's gotten... sure. That town's gotten good, though. It's, it's, it's uh... Turn itself around. Oh, yeah. Big I'm, time. I remember when it was uh, sort of like East Beirut, which is, you know, what Bayshore yeah. used to yep. look like, too. Not a good area. Yeah. Uh, a lot of money. Well, the trains. Trains help bring in business. Yeah. Um, the trains, the whole renovation, that whole upper downtown. Bronco Cockham was about to explode. Yeah, that's next. Uh, curious to see how that's going to affect everything. A lot of angry uh, homeowners already. Well, you know, it's NIMBY. So, well, my friend my friend just bought a uh, uh, an old building that was a service station and a uh, a repair shop for years. And okay. It had been closed. And people that live behind it, and this is his third repair shop or fourth uh, repair shop. So, sure. uh, the people that live behind it started giving him grief. Uh-huh. You know, you're running cars at 7 o'clock at night. He's like, I'm wrapping up. I'm closing down, whatever. You leave, you know, this, that, the other. You should be thing. happy it's not 10 o'clock at night. Well, you know, then, and they actually NIMBY, that whole thing. And they, they're in an incorporated village somewhere. What is it, NIMBY? Not in my backyard. Uh, you didn't hear? You never no, heard that? I never one? heard of that. Ah, you got a new one today. Yeah, yeah. Not, NIMBY, not, not in my backyard. Yeah. Interesting. So that's the, the naysayers, the people that don't want the change or whatever sure. it is. Um, you know, they were having problems with the, the, the town code enforcement people, sure. this, that, and the other thing. And, uh, he found a whole bunch of pictures on the internet uh-huh. from what this place used to look like sure. when those people still live there. Uh-huh. And he's like, they went to a meeting, and they were like, what about all this? This wasn't a problem back then? Well, they're older now. They're grumpier sure. now. They're, so they, they're older now. They're grumpier. You know, they, <laughs> I can't believe this. You know, So they, they're, they're working it out. But you know, he's like, uh, I want a repair shop. I'm gonna have cars. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna run. And I'm and I'm running a business, and right. I'm not even bothering you. It's not right. like kids are running around here at 11 o'clock at night. We're not cranking cars out, you know. Right. That drives me nuts. Yeah. But that's why I'm tucked away in this little studio, and nobody bothers me. Mm. Nobody bothers me. Most people don't even know I'm here. That's that's the way I like to roll. There's no sign out front. It's pretty cool. It's like no the, sign. The mystery. Uh, the yep. mystery bay. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't. The less people know that I'm here, the better. You know, this uh, not that it's not conducive to foot traffic, but you know, I don't mind having people in here. But the people oh, yeah. that need to come here know where right. to go, and the people that don't know don't need it. Don't need to know. Right. This is a great garage door kind of place, though. That's it. it. Really, is. that's it. Just a little little slice of heaven, and home. You know, home for myself is a mile away, and home oh, for the guy John is like three quarters, half mile away. That's beautiful. So I mean, like, you really can't beat it. You know, that's it's 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 out of the house. I talked about this, I think, on the last episode, but, you know, kick and A work done at home. 
No. At least in my opinion. Well, you can't. I, I have a home office, and I've had a home office yeah. for years, so it's a, it's a structure thing. You yep. have to have the structure and to do it. For me, I leave the house. I go to work. Nobody bothers me. If they need a favor, they call me. They let me know. I'm out of the house again. There's no no nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the way I look at it. It works great. So it works great. Yeah, home offices are an interesting thing. I know a lot of people that can't function in a home office. Uh, and again, it depends upon your environment and your age. Sure. If you got kids, it's tough. Sure. You know, if you're if you're by yourself, I got you, siblings that are worse. Yeah. Well, same <laughs> thing. You got if you've got structure and you've got commitment, you're going to do it. But it's tough. You got to have discipline. You got to be able to say, you know, I need to accomplish X Y Z today, sure. and I'm not stopping until I accomplish X Y Z today. Sure. So sure. That's that's where I'm at. From uh, I've had a home office now for uh, what ten years. So. It always worked out good. It's you know, important. You know, I have a laptop. I can be anywhere. Yes. Well, I can take this thing and move it wherever I need. But right. Well, this 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 is this is difficult. It. Right. Actually, it's funny because so uh, before we end this thing up because we're at an hour and twenty five here. So oh cool. Uh, I fit this entire setup in that little uh, orange box down there, and um, it obviously not the table. So I went away for nine days, and I was going to. Um, I was like, look, you know, if I meet somebody, I want to have all my podcasting equipment with me. So I'm actually one of my goals in the uh, yeah in the near future is to have a portable podcasting setup. Cool. So that way, you know, maybe it's not the most desirable looking location, but if I meet somebody and they can't meet me here, and I'm out traveling, why not? You know, I could bang out a podcast. I'm going to get a little bit bigger box than that, and do the nice foam cutouts and all that kind of stuff, and really, you know, treat myself for the next setup. But uh, you know, for an on the go, because one of my goals, hopefully one day when this thing starts to just generate enough revenue, I can go travel wherever I want and do podcasts. You know, Cali. Oh, wait, you want to do a podcast? Yeah, let's do it right now. Let's right now. You got a conference room? Great, let's do it. All right. You know, that's that's the ultimate goal. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. So this is a great setup, though. Thanks, I love man. this. this Much was appreciated. A, yeah, a lot of fun. Hour and twenty-seven, baby. Wow, that's we, it. We, we need to push it to one thirty, or is it? No. Well, you got to you got to give your closing remarks. How do people get in touch with you? I, I don't recommend phone numbers unless you got a corporate number, but uh, definitely email or websites or however they visit you or find out about you. Well, it's a uh, Todd R T O D D R at T A B N Y Tab New York dot com is uh, my alternative board email. Sure. And then I'm Todd at comwaters.net. So it's T-O-D-D at C-A-L-M-W-A-T-E-R-S.net. And that's the business valuation business. Um, what else did you want me to tell you? That's pretty much it. All right, so man. Any social media or anything like that? Uh, no. It, it's, uh, again, it's okay. I need. that's why I need to get... <laughs> I'm the old guy. I'm learning so much from people your age, 20-year-olds, sure, 30-year-olds. And, and, and I, I believe that social media is the future. Uh, you need to be visible. You need to be relevant. You need to be authentic Sure. in order to get people to understand you. And like I said when I started, my passion is helping people. So sure. I'd love to help anybody that needs the help that is willing to have a conversation to see if it makes sense to have another conversation or – to jump into that pool and I'll be more than happy to you know do a core value analysis for 18 questions 15 minutes with sure. any, any business owner and, and see if there's anything that I could do to help you so I love it I love it thanks for coming on brother all right so pleasure man thank you so much for having me Harrison. always welcome back
All right, everybody. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, as always, Harrison Barron. Go follow me if you want, Harrison underscore Barron. Follow the podcast at Brutally Honest Podcast. I've been enjoying these more and more over uh, the last the last little time. And we are on YouTube now, so if you're a regular listener and you want to go check it out, go check us out on YouTube. As always, you want to support the show, patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. And um, honestly, it's not because I do it. You know, obviously I own the podcast. Do I own the podcast or do I do the podcast? Or do I host the podcast? I don't know. Philosophy right there. Or, um, yeah, philosophy. So, whatever I do for the podcast, it helps it grow. All right? Any little dollar that goes into there, uh, it allows me to, like, I just bought a brand new camera so I can start putting stuff on YouTube and making it look as good as I want it to. Um, highly or greatly appreciate that for sure. Um, and then that's it, guys. Just my sponsors. So, go check out terranut.com forward slash BHP. They have delicious little snacks uh, paleo, if you're in a paleo, they are absolutely delicious. Uh, crush them up, put them on your yogurt. Uh, I try to, you know, I try to have one on a semi-regular basis for just a little shot of extra healthy, um, healthy everything. Honestly, that's really what it is. It's just like a little sn- superfood snack. And Agile Dragon Consulting. So if you're a business owner and you're curious to know how to use your data. Go talk to them, especially, or if you're a project team, honestly, if you're a project team and you're worried or concerned or confused or you need help with Agile or being, or need help from a scrum master, um, that's what they can help you with. You know, it sounds kind of crazy, but uh, at the end of the day, Cindy, who's a dear friend of mine, um, she's a certified scrum master and that's a super hard certification. So if you're looking to do project management and stuff like that, ultimately at the end of the day, Make better business decisions by utilizing the data you already have. It's that simple. All right, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode. I will see you guys on the next one. It should go back to being regular again. I've just been running all over um, New York State amongst other states to do different things. So that's why I was slightly irregular for about a week. I'll see you guys on the next one. Peace.